Hey folks, how's it going? Welcome into a new season of the Mid-State 48 Powered Water Blotter Group. Chris Brooks alongside Cam Reed, Tom Duggan, and Scott Burton. And guys, I'm going to bring all of you in. Welcome to week one. Hey, hey. Football hey. time. We are here. A lot of good games on the schedule for week one. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of those and who you got. Uh, we'll also talk to Independence head coach Scott Stidham ahead of the Eagles trip to CPA. We've also got Ingle Martin, CPA head coach, and senior quarterback Thomas Vaccaro that we'll be talking to in the second segment as well. Guys, I uh, want to start out first, though, by just kind of taking a breath because this preseason's been a bit of a blur. <laughs> it's jumped on us before we could ever prepare for it. Uh, you know, the football season ends uh, first weekend of December in Chattanooga. Uh, for high school sports, and you have the national championship and the Super Bowl running through February. Uh, you get to watch, you know, a couple of us are hockey guys, so we get to watch a little bit of hockey there for a minute, uh, get to see the finals in the NBA, uh, and then it just seems like the next week, here we are again with scrimmages starting up for high school football, and here we are, guys. It's week one in, in Tennessee. Well, let's not forget there, uh, you know, we actually did have football in the spring. Uh, it was the girls' uh, flag football that we we got to cover, so uh, that also helped with the uh, what seems like an accelerated off season. I mean, it really does feel like uh, there was there was little little to no time when we jumped uh, from one to the other or something uh, somewhere related to pigskin. Yeah, you know what's. School seemed like it was just out for a couple of weeks and the students were already back in school. Seems like the summers keep getting shorter. They say when you get older, time moves faster. And I don't want to think about that, guys, but it seems like it's so. It's uh, it's just been such a quick summer. And uh, here we are. And it just, you know, I think it finally dawned on me last week. We started working on the preview shows and everything that football season's actually here already. And it's been a, it's been a fast year. It's sped by quickly. Yeah, let's all face it. We're all grown. You know, we're we're all just young little kids when it comes to football. We're all growing older, but not up. Yeah, <laughs> like we want it to happen, but we don't want it to go by so quickly that it takes years off our life. So, <laughs> but we're here, and week one is going to be a fun one. A lot of good games. A lot of good games in the schedule. Uh, Thursday night, we'll start with those Hendersonville traveling to Oakland. I'll be out there for that one, Scott. You're going to be at Pearl Cone as they play host to Kane Ridge. Right. Yep. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. And then Friday night, and you're going to Greenbrier. I to, am. That's to get a good rivalry game to start the year with Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people have spoken and uh, the people said Robertson County. Yep. And I will be over at CPA with the Indy CPA game that we'll talk more about later on in the show. I uh, wanted to talk first about, um, what happened Monday, the TWSAA voted basically on what they're going to do with classifications, except really they didn't do much with anything with them is they're going to kick it. They kicked the can down the road a couple of years. They essentially made this a four-year classification. What we've been in for last year and now what we're going to be in this year will also be in effect until the end of 24. So six classes for football wasn't really a shocker. We didn't think they were going to do anything with those, but you know, it still kind of begs the question, are we in the best possible classification for football? And I say no. Guys? Uh, definitely uh, 
I agree that it probably needs some uh, tweaking here and there, but I believe the proposal, the four class proposal uh, that came about here late in the process, I believe the board members didn't have adequate enough time to uh, really comprehend and be able to decide numbers on where the breaking points would be for the classes. So I, I'm, I support them kicking it down the road instead of rushing into a decision uh, and making mistakes. Yeah, I kind of go along with that too. I mean, it, Kick it down the road. If you don't have enough data to really make a good, informed decision, wait. I think that's the best thing. But get it right. I mean, guys, we're going back almost 30 years since they first expanded three classifications to five. That was back in 1993. And it seems like, you know, every few years they're changing it, changing it. They, they just can't get it right. 30 years is a long time, guys. They need to get this right. And if it takes an extra couple of years, I'm all for it. Well, another thing to take into account is that Tennessee is one of the fastest growing states in the nation. And, uh, you know, as we uh, uh, start moving forward, we're looking at new schools being added every year. So the, you know, being able to look at it and study it. And like you said, Tom, they've had 30 years to look at it and study it. But uh, jumping into uh, a decision like Cam was saying, definitely not a great idea. I think that uh, it really needs to be studied a little bit further. Uh, I, I do agree as things stand now. I think there may be one extra classification too many. But, um, you know, if they continue with uh, you know, getting more schools in, you know, six may be the right number. It just depends on uh, what the future looks like as far as high school football is concerned. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, considering. you look, I think five classifications, I believe we, we're all kind of We've seen that. We kind of I liked that when when I when we had five classifications. Uh, then you go division two. Uh, I think it's for sure you go down to just division two one a and division two two a. Uh, I I don't think it's uh, necessarily fair to other teams in the state to have a triple a and division two with twelve teams in it and every team you know every team qualifies for the postseason. I don't think that's uh, a fair uh, shot for other schools. Yeah, I totally agree with that, especially when you consider, like, in double-A, arguably the best team in the state, Lipscomb Academy, is in double-A and really should be playing in triple-A and playing that kind of competition. Another thing to talk about is the geography of the state. It just isn't very good for the way things shake out because it's so elongated from east to west, and you've got major metropolitan areas in three corners of the state. It really makes it tough to group teams together considering you have there several areas where there's not a lot of schools so something they've got to think about when they come around to this in two years and they'll get to get these enrollments 20 days into the school year and then if anybody does need to move up they will move them up if, if necessary but there shouldn't be a lot of changes for the next two years so we're going to be in this alignment for at least through 2024 all right so let's talk a little bit about some of these games in week one and NDCPA on the board. Um, another one that we didn't mention that we'll be at Saturday night is Gordonsville Smith County. Scott, you not have to be over there for that one. Um, another good rivalry game between two teams that uh, have a little bit of dislike for each other, but uh, it should be a good atmosphere over there in Carthage. Um, Tom, Cam, I want you to weigh in as well. Those two teams are going to get at it Saturday and have the spotlight all to themselves, really. So, real you sure that's just a little bit of. <laughs> Try to, for each other. Try to be modest about it. We Good old-fashioned hate. Yeah. yeah. 
just try to be a little bit modest about it. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty yeah. common it's, it's uh, pretty in the small school uh, classifications that Gordonsville-Smith County game is a huge rivalry game for bragging rights, but it's almost a guarantee in week two. Smith County fans are going to be pulling for Gordonsville, and Gordonsville fans are going to be pulling for Smith County. And that's one of the things I enjoy about small school football. Um, you know, the, the camaraderie uh, between communities to where they can hate each other week one on Friday night, or in this case, Saturday night, uh, and then six days later uh, be pulling for that same team that they played the week before. Yeah, I, you know, last year uh, it was a – it was a nasty game. I mean, there were there were it was a typical week one game. I think there were eleven turnovers in the game. Uh, there were I know that Smith County alone had eleven penalties. Uh, it it was uh, it was a, a a great defensive game. I think uh, for uh, Smith County, they uh, they held uh, Gordonsville only to negative thirty five yards rushing. Um, it basically was a, a ground attack against an air attack. And I think it wound up 14 to nothing. So I imagine this year uh, that that is something that both teams have focused on is improving those areas uh, in this game where they can, uh, you know, to counteract each other. Guys, both these teams always want to win. But this year, I think there's something a little extra. There's high expectations for both these programs this year, uh, especially Gordonsville. I mean, Stephen Jackson coming in to coach. They've got a lot of players back, basically a 50-year quarterback. They've got some really lofty expectations. Now, this game doesn't mean anything in terms of the region, obviously, but I think getting off to a good start to the season and beating your rival is, is something they both really want. Smith County, they're not picked to win the region, but I think this is going to be a, a much-improved Smith County team and very competitive this year. I think this game is – there's more on the line than usual. You factor in the rivalry, and it makes it even bigger. Scott, you mentioned that game last year. The final was uh, Gordonsville 14-0 at home uh, over the Owls. Uh, Smith County uh, would have preferred that game being played later in the year as the Owls, towards the second half of the year, really picked up steam and got things going there under Coach Dyer. Uh, Smith County hopes to get off on a better foot uh, here in 2022 uh, at home in the hole against the rival Tigers. And, Cam, you say that, and you're right. But for Smith County, will that momentum carry over into the beginning of this season? Or, you know, are they going to take a couple of steps back? Because you're right. If they had to play that game later in the season, I think Smith County would have won that football game. Have they carried that momentum over? And just are they going to build on it? Or are they going to take a couple of steps back? That's going to be key Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, one of the things I'm going to be looking for in that game is Smith County's offensive line against Gordonsville's defensive front. Because, as we've noted in the preview, Smith County's got some hogs up front. And mm-hmm. talking about a size that you don't see in high school football very often, they've got it. And they're not going to get pushed around by anybody this year. And Gordonsville is going to have a tough time with that front. So one thing to keep an eye on Saturday night over there in Carthage. Another game that um, obviously has plenty of intrigue is NBA going to Ravenwood. And these two teams played last year. Scott, you were there for that one at NBA. Ravenwood had a bunch of turnovers and lost that game. But now the quarterback duel between Marcel Reed and Chris Parson take center stage once again. And what expecting for this one now that uh, Ravenwood has home field advantage and hopefully wants to get that bad taste out of their mouth. Yeah, they certainly do. And uh, Chris Parson uh, has had a year in this system now, and he's uh, definitely 
uh, stronger for it. I think uh, Ravenwood is uh, a little bit more mature in certain areas uh, for this uh, game. And, and I think last year, uh, like you said, they came into the first game of the season and, and call it what you will. They just, NBA just took it to them. They just did not play well. But then again, NBA has won probably one of their best classes. Uh, you know, Marcel Reed's in his fourth year starting. He's just getting stronger. They've got a really strong running game. Um, but the story, I think, is the NBA defensive line. That is huge. And that's going to be the key, I think, to this game. Can Eric George and company get to Chris uh, Parson? Or and can Parson avoid you know that defensive rush? He's got the he's got the legs for it, and he's got the downhill, uh, downfield uh, vision for it. Can he survive? And guys, uh, with the recent commitment uh, by Chris Parsons to Mississippi State, uh, you know how Marcel Reed, a Ole Miss commit, versus Chris Parson, a Mississippi State commit. So they get the rivalry going early here in twenty twenty two. Uh, huge matchup as as both of these teams are definitely uh, in the state title con- uh, picture of their classifications as uh, Ravenwood is a pretty uh, widespread consensus preseason favorite to make it out of the West in 6A. And NBA and Marcel Reed are super hungry to get another shot at Macaulay uh, there in Division II, 3A. Uh, this game will more than likely come down to mistakes, uh, but reading up on uh, the Big Red, uh, it appears they're clicking on all cylinders here early on in the season as they uh, had their way in scrimmages against both Smyrna and Independence. Cam, you stole my thunder on the quarterback thing. I, I was I was thinking about that and uh, how much fun the Egg Bowl is going to be uh, for us guys in Middle Tennessee for the next four years. We get to watch these two guys square off. Hopefully they'll get on the field early and we'll get to see that uh, several several games from them. This is everything you want in a week one game, guys. You've got two great programs. You've got two programs that are state title contenders, Cam, as you mentioned. You've got two of the elite quarterbacks in the state of Tennessee, two SEC commits at quarterback. You've got uh, two teams with a lot to play for this year. I-, I think this is just what you want coming out of the gate in week one. Two fantastic programs. This ought to be a fantastic football game. Yeah, it really should. Really should. One of the best games on the schedule for week one. And we'll get to picking that game and who you got a little later on in this show. We got to take a quick break and we want to bring in our sponsors, Miracle Auto Group, to tell us a little bit about what's going on over there. Hi, everyone. Jim Galvin, Miracle Ford, your Ford dealer in Gallatin, Tennessee, since 1980. Great news. Beginning now. When you need service, we can come to you. Our mobile service van comes to you wherever you are, whether you need oil changes, lube, routine maintenance, warranty, filters, wiper blades, batteries, bulbs, recalls, and more. Visit our website or call us now. Are you ready for the miracle? Proud to have Miracle Auto Group on as a sponsor of the Mid-State 48 for this season. Uh, Very happy with the Galvin family over there, and uh, they do a wonderful job. With the auto dealership in Gallatin, Cam, you get to work with them pretty closely too, so you, you understand that on a daily basis. And uh, we're, we're certainly happy to have them here. Most definitely, uh, super excited to uh, welcome them on. And uh, if you need a new ride or if you need uh, mobile service, go check out uh, Miracle Auto Group there in Gallatin, Tennessee. We will talk with Independence Head Coach Scott Stidham up next on the Mid State Forty Eight. Stay with us. Have Independence Head Coach Scott Stidham on the line, Coach. Um, big week for you. Uh, as far as week ones are concerned, 
this being your first with independence, where does this kind of rank as far as the excitement level for you? Well, we're awfully excited, you know, to be at independence and uh, with a bunch of great administrators and, and coaches and then our, our players to, to get to go to CPA, uh, a program that is second to none with the tradition they have. What It's a huge challenge for us, but our kids are excited and just to see where we are because it'll be a great measure to stick for. You mentioned challenges because this preseason, you guys have challenged yourselves a lot with some of the scrimmages that you've had. You went to Oakland last week or and got to go against them. What was that like, and how do you feel like it helped you guys get ready for the CPA? Yeah, it was a challenge for sure. You know, we we challenged our kids a lot this spring. We went with NBA and then Hillsborough and then finished with Oakland last week. But everyone, when I tell them that, thinks I'm crazy. But uh, our schedule is not easy. So I don't know how you get ready for the schedule we have without scrimmaging great people. So uh, it was good for us. Again, a great measuring stick against a, a program like Oakland just to see where we are. And uh, there's a lot of things we did that we need to get better at. We also did some things well that uh, hopefully our kids saw what we can do to improve. And uh, as we continue to improve, we're excited about what we can be doing by the end of the year, we hope. And going into CPA, obviously, it's a tough place to play. And uh, the kids that played them last year have that experience on their shoulders. but how do you guys get away from what happened in week one last year and kind of try to reverse that result? Well, I think it starts, you know, I, I wasn't here. And uh, I'm first of all, not very smart by following Coach Blade because he has such a great football coach and had such success here. But our kids, uh, we just talk about what's ahead of us. Uh, each week we're going to have a goal to try to go 1-0. and and so we don't really talk much about last year. Uh, the kids know. I, when I, I met with each kid, especially the seniors during the offseason, and talked to them about, you know, why did we go for and seven, and what do we need to do to reach the goals you have? So uh, it was fun talking to them and getting to know them as people, and uh, they bought into what we're doing, and, and we're just excited to see where we are. Uh, no matter what, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a region game. It's a non-region game, and, and we'll know where we are and what we need to – whether we win or lose, we know we got to get better starting the next day. Yeah, you've got a, a pretty large senior class, two dozen of them really uh, to lean on as far as experience goes. Uh, what's your impression of that class right now as you head into week one? I think it starts with the character and integrity is what comes to my mind when I think about them. They're, when you're a senior and you have a new head football coach, it's hard. And uh, they have embraced me and been open to our staff and our new ideas. I'm not, we're not doing necessarily what's different from what Coach Blade did. What we're doing is what we know how to do and what's comfortable for us or what we feel uh, puts our kids in the best position to win on Friday nights and, and also to grow into the men that we want them to be. And so it's obviously something that, that we're excited about and it, got a great group of kids we couldn't ask for better human beings but then they've also thank goodness have a lot of talented football players in that class too and we're excited to be see what they can do over this season yeah one of those that i kind of have my eye on and i keep waiting for him to break out is trey hartwell i mean he's a great running back to begin with but it seems like a lot of runners in this area kind of overshadow him how is he 
kind of come along in this preseason in, in, in hopes of having a big breakout year in senior year. Yeah, we're we're excited about Trey. I thought he had a great day at practice uh, today, and he understands the preparation that he has to do. Uh, he's being coached by a running back coach, Dexter McCluster, working with him, and, and Jeff Parker, offensive coordinator, uh, understands we need to get him the ball, and, and he wants to be more balanced than we have been in the past and run and throw equally. So our offensive lines, they're not young, they're seniors, but they're pretty inexperienced. And they continue to get better, and, and they're the ones that are going to decide a lot whether we can run the ball and, and get Trey going. But we know if we get him, uh, we keep preaching our our offensive line. If you get Trey to linebackers and secondary, he's got a chance to do something really special. So he's bought in again, just like the rest of them. Works his tail off, and uh, his work ethic. We're we're hoping he deserves an outstanding senior year, and we're excited to see him start it this Friday. You mentioned the addition of Dexter McCluster to the coaching staff. I mean, a lot of fans will recognize his name from from the SEC and playing at Ole Miss. Uh, what is addition to the staff that's meant to you guys so far? You know what? I, what he stands out to me is uh, he brings a lot of energy, but he's he's a football coach. You know, he's not just a former NFL player that's just a pseudo coach on the sideline. He coaches all day, every day, and he fits right in with their staff. Again, with the kind of person, what we're looking for in coaches is the number one thing with people who love kids. And uh, he has that. He loves kids. He's loyal to our program and works hard. And he checks every box. And we're excited. And our, our kids love being around him. Kyle Lockwood, he was held out of a few workouts in the preseason, I guess, probably because he really didn't need to get a lot of work since he's been as good as he has been. Uh, How's he feeling coming into week one, and, and how's he preparing to have a good year? Well, he, he's another one that, that's worked really hard and that deserves a great year. Where he, obviously, he's had a little bit of a stressful summer, uh, switching from uh, Ohio State to Alabama. And I told him to stay off Twitter because uh, I got tagged in something. I'm rarely on Twitter, but uh, some of the things people said to him, a 17-year-old kid's ridiculous, you know. So uh, but he's someone that is totally uh, – he's he's totally in on independent football right now. and We're excited about it. His future is incredibly bright, and uh, he's, he's worked to improve in all facets we've asked him to, and we're really excited about what he can do for us. One of the things that, that we talked about in the preseason was a line that needed to get some experience and quickly. Um, how do you feel about the line going into CPA this week? Well, they continue to get better and better. We, we brought Jim Fischel, who is uh, with us at South Gibson. Uh, he was our offensive coordinator and offensive line coach there, and he's coaching our offensive line here. And, man, he, he's done an outstanding job with them. And we feel like we've just scratched the surface with them because they're so young. Jake Woodward played last year, and Ben Miller played some. But the other three didn't play much at all on varsity football. So uh, they continue to improve. And, again, uh, where we are now, we hope it's even close to how good they can be at the end of October. Well, you guys get back home in week two with Tresement coming in and, and the new turf this year. How's that project, project going along and how close are we to having it ready to go? I think we're really, really close. I just talked to Coach Darren Jones, our district-wide athletic director, he thinks we'll be done and ready, and uh, we 
We're excited about it, man. It looks beautiful. They need to sew in, stitch in the, the end zones and, and that beautiful eagle eye at, at the 50-yard line. And once they uh, complete that and do the filler in, it, it'll be ready to go. So it's not long. I don't know if we'll get to practice on it much, if at all. But uh, that's okay. Uh, we're really excited about it and the opportunity to use it. We feel blessed to have it, for sure, in our program. Yeah. Well, um, Coach, Best of luck this week. I know I'll see you guys out there at TPA on a Friday. Um, yeah, definitely a, a tough game and a good one to start with. Should be a good one to watch, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'll get to talk to you that on Friday. Good luck to you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Certainly going to be interesting to see how Independence fares early on this season with the weapons they have, but the tough schedule they have as well. Um, really looking forward to that game at CPA. Want to go on, and Scott, you talked to Engel Martin and Thomas Vicar from CPA the other night. We're going to go ahead and play those, starting first with Engel Martin. We're we're, uh, we're excited. You know, 2022 is a new season. We've got uh, 17 great seniors that we're um, excited about. They've done a great job all summer. Um, you know, next week, Independence will be a great test um, right off the bat. They've got new coaching staff and a lot of good returning players, so it should be, uh, should be a fun game. They're usually one of the best teams in Williamson County. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. But um, really, the, the summer's been great. Um, seniors have stepped up and led, and uh, we're excited about getting it kicked off. Uh, it's a pretty uh, talented offense with the Independence. You know, how do you stop an offense with, that is that talented? Uh, it's it's just going to be getting them off the field. I mean, uh, executing right, uh, tackling, mm -hmm. understanding what our assignments are. But uh, you know, football season you got ten weeks, ten games to to figure it out for us. And, uh, next week's the first step of uh, of 10, um, and then really we hope to be ready uh, by November to be playing our best football. And you, you, know, you, you schedule this hard to begin the season as a uh, to to improve going on to the season. I mean, this is a pretty pretty good team to start the year with. Yeah, um, they're they're very good. Independence, uh, like I said, they're, they're traditionally one of the best teams in Williamson County. Um, we know that they'll they'll play hard. Um, we're excited because it's uh, a home game. And, um, with school starting and everything, I think we'll have a great crowd. We played them at home a couple years ago and had a bunch of people show up, um, which makes that, uh, you know, a nice environment for everybody. I think our schools plan on getting a bunch of food trucks and everything ready and welcoming everybody back to, to the start of a nice school year. So we're excited. You know, our seniors have done a great job and, and looking forward to, uh, to watching the whole team's growth and development. Outstanding. Well, Coach, thank you very yeah, much for your time. Thank you all very much. You. Next time you owe me some barbecue. And now let's hear from Thomas Vaccaro. Now the fine tuning's over. Now you're going next week into into week one, and you got quite a test next week. You got Independence. Uh, have you guys been studying them at all? Yes, sir. Yeah, we've been you know focusing on ourselves, um, getting our new playbook installed. Um, you know, just trying to get timing down, and everything's starting to come together really well. Um, so they're obviously a really great team. Uh, a lot of really talented players. Um, so it should be a fun game at home um, in the den, but it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. What do you think you guys do well that uh, you can you can attack uh, you can attack them with? Uh, I think we got a lot of speed. You know, obviously we got London, um, Tourette. We just got a lot of really good receivers um, and tight ends. So hopefully get the ball outside on the perimeter um, and just use our speed to advantage. I think that's what sets our team apart is we just got really good speed. Um, running backs are really fast too. We got a really good line. So I think just speed wise, I think we got a good chance. Hey, you probably heard this question before and I apologize for asking it, but you're following 
Cade Law, mm-hmm. who uh, you know was a really good quarterback there. Uh, you know, what do you bring? What are, What are your strengths that you do? You know that you bring to the table mm-hmm. uh, that may be different, or you know that you feel are just mm-hmm. as yes, sir. important. Uh, Cade Law, obviously, great quarterback. Um, he taught me a lot. I learned a lot from watching him. Um, and I think the one thing that I bring different, obviously, he's. 230 pounds. He's a big, strong dude. Uh, I was a guy didn't gift me um, with those abilities, but I'm just. Um, I think I've seen the field really well. I'm really good at anticipating, you know, what's going to be open um, in my receivers. I think four years we built a lot of trust with them, so I'm just really looking forward to, you know, I think that's why I kind of bring different to the table. He was more of a scramble do threat, really good at it. I'm more probably of a pro pro style for that. Okay. Uh, going into this, uh, how uh, you know. What uh, I mean, this is—I know it's always the, the next game up that you're you're looking forward to. Uh, is this the game you got marked on your schedule, or is it another one? I mean, all, every team that we're going to play is—we have the hardest schedule we've had, you know, in a long time. Um, you know, last year, same thing. You know, again, top teams every week. Um, I think we're just taking it week by week, focus on the next team. Uh, we got some really great—it's going to be a really fun time. We go on the road trip, um, and then we got a home stand later on in the year. Um, so it's just going to be a real fun time. Yes, sir. Going to be a fantastic ball game in a great venue. So looking forward to getting out there to that one. Who you got's coming up next? Before we do that, let's have a little bit of a word from Innovate Medical. It is that time of the week where we try to tell you who we think is going to win most of the big games of the week. It's who you got. Let's bring up the standings from last year. I know. Let's, uh, let's don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about these standings. <laughs> I knew you would say that, Scott. So um, here we go. Here we go. We'll just put a cap on last year real quick. Tom, congratulations for winning overall or over, winning the show last year. Let's put it that way. You won the show picks last year. so Beginner's luck, guys. I just got to say that. Beginner's luck. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fairly close, though, for most of the year. I mean, 13 games between Tom, the fans, myself, and Scott. So, um. yeah. I started getting desperate towards the end trying to catch up. <laughs> hey, sometimes it does that. Uh, you know, Reggie is a rookie coming in there over 500, so you can't really complain about that too much. Look at that nine told you so. We're going to have to call him Reggie the Greek this year. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. He's nailing those underdogs. <laughs> yeah, he's he's found the ones that we didn't find. So and let's look at the, overall. We picked every game played last year, 650 in total, which is a lot. So, you know. you can look at those numbers. I'm not going to say who won, Scott. doesn't want me to, so. Hey, Drake was only fifty-eight games out, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, let's let's say let's shout out Drake real quick. He he moved to Illinois with his fiance this year, so unfortunately he's no longer able to help us. But uh, Cam's able to take his spot, so he's going to try. He's got something to shoot for. That's right. I'm going to try to have uh, <clears throat> lightning strike twice in the bottle and uh, do as Tom did last year and take that number one spot. There we go. Without further ado, let's get to it. Kane Ridge at Pearl Cone on Thursday, and, well, we went with Pearl Cone across the board. I, I think uh, all of us kind of feel like the Firebirds are going to start out pretty well here in 2022, including Reggie. 
Yeah, that uh, that Procone defense. I it's, I expect this to be a, a good game, a good solid game. Uh, Canridge offense. Uh, I just Procone speed is is just next level, and their defense. Uh, from what I saw, of the defense in the uh, preseason, they look tough up front. That defensive line looks stout. Yeah, last year's matchup uh, had the Firebirds winning thirty-eight to nineteen. Um, this game at home for Pearl. Uh, I do believe Kane Ridge will be better this year, but I also believe Pearl is better this year. Uh, I like the Firebirds by a couple scores. Yeah, I like Pearl this year. I think they're definitely hungry, and I know Barry and Brown has moved on, but uh, still think they've got a whole lot of talent. They've got a chip on their shoulder. I look for a big year from Pearl Cone. Yep, for sure. Next one, Blackman and Brentwood, and we're a little bit split on that one. Tom, you and Reggie are on the Bruins in week one, and you covered that game last year, so I want to let you talk about that for just a minute. Well, yeah, I did cover that game last year, and it, it, it was a wild game, guys, because I remember – uh, one team got way ahead, and, and then there, I believe uh, Blackman came back. Brentwood got a big lead in that football game. It was one of the more entertaining games I saw all of last year. And uh, Brentwood, I think they're hungry for a little payback. I do like this Blackman team, guys. They've got the dual quarterbacks. Uh, of course, Reisner, uh, a lot of expectations on that young man this year. But, you know, they're going to play the two quarterbacks. they got a lot of talent. They love to go fast. I think that offense is going to be a little bit better this year. But I'm going to go with Reggie. We're going to take Brentwood at home, getting a little payback over Blackman. Yeah, last year's matchup had uh, Blackman winning late, 38-35. I like the Blazes this year. I think they have a chance to make some noise there in that region in 6A with the offensive production that they get out of Jack Reisner. Um, I look for them to outscore the Bruins at home, uh, something like 35-21, 35-28. I think it's going to be – that uh, Coach Tiger with Blackman has done something uh, by adding speed. He's taking some of those speedy receivers, put them on the other side of the ball. I think that that is going to add a different dynamic to Blackman defense. But I, you know, it was a tough, uh, it was a tough, uh, tougher call than some might think. Um, you know, just because I thought uh, Brent Brentwood's strength is their line. Uh, I think if they're going to win, then Jackson Lowe is going to have to have a big day at running back. But I think in the end, uh, I just like the. I just think there are too many weapons on the Blackman side. Scott, you touched on it that it's the kind of the first test for that revamped Blackman defense, the one that gave up 37 points a game last year. They've got to get that down in the 20s, and this is the first step toward doing so. I'm looking right. forward to seeing how they can come out defensively in this game. Can they keep the Bruins in the 20s? And if so, it's a good start for them. Next game up is Father Ryan at East Nashville. The Irish won this game handily last year in week one, but uh, an East Nashville team that went all the way to the 3A final against Alcoa, certainly hungry for another shot at it this year and looking to make it a little bit better start than they did a year ago. And we're split on that one too. I'm taking Father Ryan, Scott, and Cam also on the Irish. Tom, you and Reggie signing again, this time at East Nashville. <laughs> we're trying to get an early jump on the told you so picks this yeah. year. So, uh, well, you know, I love the way East Nashville finished out last season. I know it was a lopsided game last year, but I, I, like you say, I think this East Nashville team is, is hungry. They've certainly got the talent uh, to come back and have a big year. They're the favorite in their in their region. Father Ryan's good, and I won't be surprised if Father Ryan wins this game. But I just – I like this East Nashville team. It's one of the bandwagons I'm on this year. Yeah, I like the East Nashville team as well with Frank Gordon and Zach Beard uh, on offense. Uh, looking at last year's season, though, 
for Father Ryan. They lost a lot of close games. Uh, one of those games that they did not lose uh, was the East Nashville game. Uh, I look for Father Ryan to uh, to take this game uh, in week one and hopefully, uh, in their case, build some momentum as they have Brentwood next week leading into uh, the Bishop's Cup there with Pope Prep in week three. Well, I, I think both teams have strengths where the other team has issues. Uh, I think the key to this is if the Irish can control the line of scrimmage, they're going to keep the Eagles' offense off the field. And I think that the, the question with uh, – with uh, East Nashville is not their offense, but what is on the defensive side of the ball. It, I think there's talent there. It just may take a couple of games for that to kind of come together and gel. I think Father Ryan, uh, with their offensive line, can in the first game of the season, uh, it's a little bit more solid, a little bit more steady, and they, they should be able to pull that out to victory. It's a good opening game for East Nashville, though, against Father Ryan. It'll be a good test to see where they are in this point in the season. Uh, no, Jamal Stewart wants a challenge for his kids starting out, and he's going to get one from Father Ryan. Yep. NBA Ravenwood, we touched on this earlier in this episode, um, kind of the uh, the Egg Bowl future at quarterback for both <laughs> for both sides. And uh, another split, but this time it's a little different. Tom, Reggie, myself, we're on the Raptors. Scott and Cam taking NBA. I think NBA has a chance to really be special this year. I think they have a, a better lineup than they've had uh, as far as solid across the board. Uh, they got two bruising backs in Jonathan Moore and Brooklyn Davis. Got great tight end in, in Ragsdale and, of course, Marcel Reed there. But what I think is really, really special is uh, the defensive line anchored by Eric George. I think the, the defense – is something that kind of size the line is something they've been missing in the past. I think that they'll do a good job of harassing Chris Parson. I think it'll be closer than it was last year. I think it's a great test for both teams, but I think in the end, NBA comes out on top. As I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, NBA seems to be clicking on all cylinders, even though it is scrimmages. Um, you know, they, they looked very good against Smyrna and Independence. Um, both teams are state contenders, uh, but NBA was there last year. Ravenwood had a uh, struggled some last year. I believe there's more pressure in week one on Ravenwood than there is on the NBA. I like the cool, calm, collected approach of the Big Red uh, to get it done on the road. I got NBA by three. Guys, this was kind of a coin toss game for me. I like both these programs. And, again, this is everything you want, like I said earlier, in a week one game, the quarterback play. And and two teams that are very hungry and I think are going to go a long way this year. Ravenwood's at home. I just I like them a little bit better right now than I do NBA. This was the hardest game for me to pick this week just because I think it's a very close matchup between these two teams. For me, though, and, Scott, you kind of touched on it, uh, pressure on Chris Parson. And that's what he wants. He's okay with you getting pressure on him because he can use one of his most valuable assets, his legs. He's very dangerous outside the pocket, and I think that's where the game turns. He makes a couple of plays with his legs. Ravenwood doesn't make the mistakes they did in the last year, and I think they take it because of that reason. Mount Juliet at Gallatin, another traditional rivalry from the old days in, of 9-Triple-A. Um, Mount Juliet's won the last two in this series, and they head to Gallatin to take it on the Green Wave at the Wave Yard. Guys, here's our picks. And much like the NBA Ravenwood games, <laughs> with the same way. Tom Reggie, myself, I'm out. Juliet Gallatin has Scott and Cam in their corner. Uh, Cam, I'll start with you. Let me uh, get a little bit from you about why you pick Gallatin. 
Yeah, I like both of these teams, Chris. I think both teams are, are uh, very disappointed in the way that their 2021 season's uh, finished up. Uh, looking and seeing both teams in seven-on-seven and seven scrimmages in the preseason, I am super excited about this Gallatin team, and I believe if the cards fall right, this Gallatin team could be one of those sleeper teams, as you mentioned um, in the article that we released this morning on 615preps.com. Uh, Matt Juliet will be improved. Uh, from last year, I do look for them to challenge Green Hill in that region. Uh, I just really like Galton at home in the in the wave yard to uh, to get it done in a close ball game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, you know Galton is poised to to do better this year than they did last year, and I think Jaheim Mer- Merriweather is going to have a big night. Even though I, I really like this Bear defense, um, I just think that the Gallatin defense is going to be able to get after uh, Griffin Throneberry and, uh, and uh, force him to um, get outside the pocket. And I just, I, I just feel like Gallatin's going to, you know, got something to prove this game. You know, I liked Gallatin's defense last year as a team. I thought they, I had higher expectations, I guess, than, um, than what they ended up doing last year. Mount Juliet should take a step up this year. Like Cam said, I think they're going to challenge Green Hill. I like Green Hill, certainly in that region, but I think Mount Juliet's going to give them all they want in terms of winning that region. And uh, just feel like uh, at this point, Mount Juliet's just a better team in this matchup. I agree, Tom. Um, if this game is played maybe five, six weeks down the road, Galton, I think, maybe keeps it a little bit closer. I think Mount Juliet by seven to ten points here. Mount Juliet's defense is where I've got my – I'm hanging my hat on. I think that's going to be a very good unit this year that doesn't give up a ton of points to anybody, and they'll start to kind of prove that in week one against Gallatin. Yeah, key matchup there. Can Ethan Crisp and the linebacker core keep Jaheim Merriweather from catching the edge? Key matchup to watch in that Gallatin Mount Juliet game. Yep. Battle of 840 is our next one. I page at Fairview, and uh, traditionally it's been a very close ball game. Fairview has stunned Page a couple of times in the last couple of years. They get to host it this week. And we're all taking Page across the board. The Patriots get the picks. Um, Scott, you've been out there for this rivalry. It's a good one, and uh, I know uh, Chris Hughes is chomping at the bit to get on the field. But uh, Page looks pretty tough still, even after some graduations. Yeah, if if Coach Rathbone believes there's a drop off in the Patriots' chances this year, he's not showing it. Uh, his t- team is pretty solid defensively uh, with Colin Hurd, you know, back at linebacker. He was the uh, six, uh, the region six five A player of the year on defense. Now that translates over to the quarterback side. He's also bringing back Ethan Cunningham at running back and Max Collins at wide receiver. Uh, in fact, uh, Hurd last year threw the game winner, I think, in this game. Um, I think that Page just has. Uh, a little bit more together on the offensive side. Um, Fairview, there's a lot of youth on their team. Um, I mean, a lot of youth. Uh, and this is a tough game for some of them to be thrown into the first week. Um, Layden Grant is uh, the bell cow back. He's going to do a, a great job. But Chris Hughes has to find weapons to replace Morgan Jean and Kennedy Pendergrass. Um I think the leadership of Colin Hurd is going to be the difference here, as well as the home field advantage. I like the Patriots. I agree, Scott. Uh, when you think of what Coach Rathbone uh, was able to do with last year's team, you know, the first th- first player you really look at is McNamara there at quarterback that they lost to graduation. 
but they still have leadership in in key roles. They still return a couple pieces on that offensive line. Still return um, Mr. Hurd there at linebacker, and he will actually play some quarterback this year for them. I believe this when you talk about teams that are are young but talented, I believe Fairview uh, falls right in that category, and I believe they also fall in that category of maybe a team that is one year away. I believe Fairview could make some noise next year, uh, just like uh, the Patriots to win the Battle of 840. I like this Fairview team, but, yeah, Cam, I could see them being maybe a year away from being really, really competitive. It's hard to lose to Jake McNamara, guys. We all know that. But I love Colin Hurd. I just love what he brings to the football field. And I think this defense for Page is going to be exceptional this year. I think they're going to get off to a winning start uh, with a win over Fairview Friday night. And I look for Hurd just to have a fantastic season this year. Yep. And that receiving core for Page is still pretty experienced, too. So they'll have him plenty of targets to get to in the passing game. That, that's kind of where I think Page wins this game. Yep. Springfield at Greenbrier. Scott, it's your stop for Friday night. We're all on Springfield. Yeah, well, it's not surprising. Springfield, I believe, has won eight games in a row. Uh, I don't think they've allowed Greenbrier to score since 2018. So Greenbrier has a lot of uh, a lot to play for in this game. But I tell you, it's hard to beat a Dustin Wilson defense. Uh, they Greenbrier has a lot of talent on that team. Everybody knows about Nathan Robinson, uh, the huge. Uh, tight end, defensive end, linebacker. You look out there, he's prob- probably going to be the tallest guy on the field. He's he's big. But they may not know about Eli Lawson, the, the transfer from Knox Catholic and Traverius Flood. I just think that Devin Crenshaw at quarterback for Springfield brings another level. Uh, he he throws the ball well. Lamarius Daniels, you know, he ran, he was a 1,200-yard rusher last year. I just like the Springfield defense to – to uh, win this down. I love this Greenbrier team. I do. But I think that in this game, Springfield's just going to be a bit better. I agree again, Scott. I, this Greenbrier team, I'm super excited about what they bring to the table on the defense side of the ball with Lawson and Robinson. I believe that could uh, be one of the best front sevens uh, in, in the state in the class in their classification. Uh, but they struggle from the same – way as some other teams in our area struggles, and that's on the offensive side of the ball. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Springfield's not allowed them to score the last couple of years. I do believe Greenbrier finds the end zone Friday night, uh, but it just won't be enough. I have Springfield by three or four scores. I love this Greenbrier team. I'm excited to see what they can do this year. I think they're going to be much improved, but Devin Crenshaw does it all for me, guys. I'm excited to see the strides he's made since his junior year. I think he's going to have a special season. I think Springfield is going to have a special season. They get it done Friday night. Yeah. I could easily see Nathan Robinson catching a touchdown pass for Greenbrier Friday. I could easily see that. But it probably won't be enough. I think that uh, they'll have to do a little bit more to get to break that streak against the Yellow Jackets. I think Springfield wins that one. Stewart's Creek at Smyrna, another good rivalry to start out. Uh, both these teams getting turf this year. Smyrna gets to play on theirs first, and they'll host the Red Hawks in week number one. Tom, you're going with Stewart's Creek. <laughs> I'm Go going ahead. with Stewart's Creek. I, to be honest with you, just uh, going back and forth on this game, I, I guess just gut instinct going with me here. Uh, something about Stewart's Creek, I just – I feel like this is going to be a game that they're going to go out and make a statement and uh, go on the road and get a big win against Smyrna. And, guys, I believe uh, when I was looking at some research on this matchup uh, earlier in the week, uh, like four out of the last five matchups uh, has Smyrna winning by less than four. 
uh, if that tells you what kind of ball game this will be over at Smyrna this Friday night. Uh, I just like the Bulldogs and Arian Carter uh, to be able to make enough plays late in the ball game to squeak out another win. Uh, I have the Bulldogs by three. Well, Stewart's Creek, uh, they're returning, uh, you know, their quarterback and and a, and a couple of wide receivers that are really good in uh, Monavong and uh, Maynard. Uh, but there was a big loss in the offseason we didn't talk about before, and that's Epton Belafonte, uh, the kicker, punter. Uh, in a close game, that's the kind of player that you want. I don't know if their new kicker is, um, you know, what he's like. I haven't seen him. But uh, losing somebody that was clutch, a uh, clutch kicker like that, has a real effect in a, in a, uh, in a rivalry game. Arian Carter has, a, has uh, this season – or this offseason has dedicated himself to getting himself healthy and stronger and bigger and faster. Uh, and I am very interested to see the Smyrna defense with him at linebacker and uh, there and uh, Jaden Marable, their 6'2", 280-pound defensive lineman, uh, and see what they, you know, see what they can do. Uh, their offense is really good. I think their defense is even better. Aaron Carter, I want to see him on turf because as fast as he is on grass – Turf's just going to make him look a little bit quicker, and I think he's the big difference in a Smyrna victory in week one. Our Saturday game, Gordonsville Smith County. Uh, we talked about that earlier in the show. Scott, you're taking the Owls against everybody else. <laughs> I am. I think that uh, I think there's a, a, a different mindset. I think that uh, Coach Dyer has this uh, the Smith County Owl team believing. Uh, they are huge. They're absolutely huge. I think this is a close game again as a rivalry game, but you know we talked about the mistakes last last year that killed Smith County: the penalties, the turnovers, you know, the drive, you know, the things that killed their drives, and you know they held uh, Gordonsville to negative 32 yards rushing, and they put up 132 yards on Gordonsville. I think if they can, if they've learned, if they've matured. I think they can control the line of scrimmage and actually win this game. Uh, it's definitely possible, Scott. Uh, when you think about that offensive line there for the Owls, uh, led by Dane Woodard at 6'9", 350, uh, every one of the offensive linemen goes over 300 except one. Um, you think of Bryson Curry um, there in the backfield. Uh, but I'll, I just love Matthew Albritton, and I love the pair of um, – bookends on the defensive side of the ball for Gordonsville and Will Dudney and Bryson Greer. Uh, I think they're probably the best duo um, in 1A or 2A, for that matter, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Gordonsville finds ways to win games. Uh, this this could come down to a two-point conversion, and, and I like uh, Coach Jackson to get his first win in the hole. I tell you, guys, I struggle with this one. I've seen enough of these games over the years. They're always close. The team you think may win the game doesn't always win the game. And I tell you what, Smith County size concerns me for Gordonsville. That, that's going to be a handful. You're talking about a 1A school, and I know Gordonsville's got a lot of talent, but Smith County's got some good size, and that's going to be a handful for Gordonsville to deal with. And as that game goes along, they're going to get worn down playing against some of those big guys. But what it came down to me for was the talent of Gordonsville and, and Matthew Albritton. Again, I, I think this young man, he's uh, he's got the experience – uh, again, pretty much a fifth-year senior. He started in eighth grade, 
with Gordonsville. I like the talent. I like what they've got on defense. I think Coach Jackson has just brought a real shot of energy into that program. They know what they're capable of doing, and I think they're going to get it done. But I do expect this one to be a close game, and it absolutely would not surprise me if Smith County were to win it. Yep. Definitely agree with that one, Tom. I don't know that this is a high-scoring game at all. I think both these defenses are going to be out to prove a point. So, week one, you might see it a little bit ugly down there in the hole in Carthage, but I do think that Gordonsville comes out of there with a close win. Now on to our 615 prep spotlight game, Independence at CPA, where I will be Friday night. We're split. Cam and I take Independence. Scott and Tom are with CPA. Cam, I'll start with you. Let's, uh, let's go with Independence first. Yeah, just if you watched our preview shows, I mean, uh, I love this Independence team. I believe they're a dark horse candidate there in 6A to make a run to Chattanooga. I uh, love what they bring to the table on the offensive side of the ball uh, with Ty Lockwood, Trey Hartwell, and the quarterback uh, there. Just really like uh, the Eagles, and I look for them to outscore a CPA team that still may have a couple of questions on the offensive side of the ball, replacing uh, Langston Patterson and Cade Law. That's why I favor the Eagles in this matchup. Uh, it will be a close game, but I do expect a shootout, and I just think Independence has a little bit more offensive talent than CPA. CPA is bringing back the Vandy commit, London Humphreys, who had 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns last year. And CPA, I think they've got a bad taste in their mouth with the way things went last year with Lipscomb Academy. Uh, I still think they've got the talent. They've got some good leadership there. I think they're going to come back strong this year, and it, it seems like that – uh, there's not been a whole lot of talk around CPA, which is kind of surprising because they're always one of the elite programs. But uh, I think they want to come out right away and make a statement. This is a good independence team, however. It won't be easy, but I'm going with CPA. This was the hardest game for me to pick, and, and I believe in both of these teams. I believe they both have legitimate shots to go far into the playoffs. Um, but I watched CPA this uh, this past uh, week at the Jamboree, and I was expecting a drop-off, and I really didn't see it on the defensive side and the intensity. Of course, I made this pick before I found out that there's a chance that uh, Coach Martin may not be there, and, you know, all things being equal, if his uh, son wins, it, I hope he's not, because that means his son and the Nolansville kids won, and uh, that means that uh, – you know, that's great for him. But, I, you know, I was watching Thomas Vaccaro, and he's got great height. He's mobile in the pocket. He sees the field well. He doesn't He, he doesn't have the fear of carrying the load. Um, he was mentored by Cade Law, uh, London Humphrey, Andre Evans. There, I think there are enough weapons there, but I think that, that they can keep up with independence. I just like this team, but like I said – it really came down to I picked the home dog. I mean the home, uh, the home team. For me, this boils down to two players: it's Trey Hartwell and Ty Lockwood on the Independence offense, and those two are going to get a lion's share of the carries and the receptions that the Eagles can throw at CPA. Uh, I think CPA is going to be there for the long haul, and they're going to get a lot better as the season goes on. But this is a tough game for them to start out at, even at home. So, yeah. for that reason and that reason alone, I sided with Independence in this one. Now it's time to. Uh, let Reggie make his season debut and see who he picked for this one. And here comes Reggie, and he is going to sniff around. And he's coming back to the board. And he has selected a 
the lions of CPA. Reg, you got anything to say? No, not much. <laughs> Reg, you had to think about it too. He had to step away and really, really decipher which which one he was going to pick there. It was, tough. it was tough for him, but he he I guess goes cats stick together, so he took the lions and yep. he's going with CPA to make it to three for. <laughs> Engel Martin's bunch. Now, Scott, you mentioned Engel Martin may or may not be there Friday, depending on how the Nolans for Little League team does in the Little League World Series. They play Wednesday. If they were to win, they'll play Friday, and he will not be there. But uh, well, I want to wish him good luck as well this week. So Absolutely. let's quickly go over the picks again. Kane Ridge at Pearl Cone. We're all on Pearl Cone. Blackman at Brentwood. Myself, Scott, and Cameron Blackman. Tom and Reggie have Brentwood. Tom and Reggie have East East Nashville. The rest of us have Father Ryan. NBA for Scott Burton and Cam Reed. Ravenwood for the rest of us. I'm on Mount Juliet. Tom's on Mount Juliet. So is Reggie. Scott and Cam are on Gallatin in that matchup. We're all on Page over Fairview. We're all over Springfield over Greenbrier. Tom's taking Stewart's Creek over Smyrna. The rest of us have the Bulldogs. Scott's got Smith County. The rest of us have Gordonsville in that Saturday night matchup. I'm on Independence as well as Cam, Scott, Tom, and Reggie on the lines of CPA in that one in our spotlight game this week. Guys, we're here. It's week one. We're ready to go. Um, Thursday night football is going to be fun. Friday night football is going to be fun. Saturday night football is going to be fun. So a full week to get us started in week one. Chris, don't forget that uh, you've got an announcement to make for Saturday mornings. Yes, we do. Thank you, Scott, for telling me. Uh, Nine o'clock Central Time Saturday morning, our first scoreboard show of the season will be live on our YouTube channel, on Twitter, on Facebook as well. And we're going to have all the scores from the area and some highlights from those games to show you as well. Um, We have a sponsor announcement to make for that. That will be coming later this week. So stay tuned for that. Guys, one quick word before we're out of here. Week one, uh, teams are going to make mistakes. It's who can uh, make the least amount of mistakes and who can overcome those mistakes uh, that will determine winners here in week one. Yeah, that's true. We'll we'll see. You know, teams. Some teams are going to come out on fire. Some teams have not got it figured out just yet, and uh, they'll probably get better as the season goes on. But you know, it's always fun. Just uh, week one, everybody's zero and zero. You know, we've got uh, thoughts, ideas, and expectations, but until they actually hit the field, guys, we really don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's what makes football that much more fun. If you can, people go out and uh, go out and attend one of these games or two or three. You got three. You got three uh, three days of uh, of it this week. Um, you know, support your local uh, high school football teams and the programs, the cheerleaders, the bands, uh, all those things. It wasn't that long ago we didn't have them, so enjoy them and have fun and support them. It looks like the weather is going to be pretty good for week one as well, considering. In recent years, we've had nearly 100-degree heat. We're looking maybe mid-80s, so that's going to be a welcome change, and that'll all be good for some great nights of football ahead in week one. Guys, good show. That's it for week one. Um, We will talk to you Saturday on the 615 Prep scoreboard and next week on the Mid-State 48. For Tom Duggan, for Cam Reed, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. So long, and have a great week, and welcome to football. (laughs) 